At least Zach Gallen, the milkman, knows how to get a win for the Diamondbacks. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You have found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover it. ASU football, ASU basketball, USL championship soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all available to you Tuesday through Saturday. Getting going on time this time, yes. And um, I, I would normally say not a long show, um, but there is a lot of Cardinals we're going to uh, blast through. With the draft starting today, the draft is today, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, so, um, happy, happy, happy draft day to you. Um, picks, picks, picks is what the Cardinals need. That's what they need. They they need as many as they can because they need as many players, as many bodies, as many as much talent as they can acquire um and they still won't be that good this year i i that's what i'm saying but anyway um hopefully your week has been good i i hope you're doing well i hope your week has been good um last night for work was was rough it was a long day from 5 to 11 I clocked out at 11 o'clock um so it was it was it was a long one um and it it just seemed like it took forever to to do to get everything put away um a little over 30 grand is what we needed to do and that's what we did I've, in fact, actually, they told us that we needed to do between 31 and 35. We only did 30. So I sure hope that, that the rest didn't get put on to uh, tomorrow. I hope we were able to do it all. But um, I don't know. They're usually, I mean, fairly accurate in the numbers is usually what it is. Um, sometimes it's it's off by a bit. But um, if any of that... It's like, say if it was 35, we only did 30. Five going into tomorrow is, it sucks. Um, because Thursdays are always, or well, today, excuse me. Thursdays are always rough. Well, five going into tomorrow too would also suck because that'd be, be Friday. But, um, yeah, that would, that would not be, um, not be good at all. Um, as far as today's show, uh, no, no two minute warning. We just got Diamondbacks and um, the Rising to talk about. When we'll, I'll talk about the Rising with uh, the Diamondbacks, and I'll do it before I talk Diamondbacks. Um, and then, like I said, Cardinals. So uh, that's all we have, and and that's all I really have to to say. Um, so. Rising and Diamondbacks up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, um, a loss for the Rising. That was the 
Uh, Diamondbacks sounder, you heard we will do Diamondbacks, but if uh, you missed the earlier beautiful part of the program, um, that I was going to do rising as well. Um, but uh, two to one, New Mexico United over the Phoenix Rising. Um, the only goal was uh, Carlos Harvey, 77 minutes in. And then um, for New Mexico, uh, 42 minutes in, Greg Hurst. And then 87 minutes, so 10 minutes after uh, Harvey scored, uh, Josh uh, Drolling um, gets the uh, uh, score, gets the goal for New Mexico. Um, 11 fouls on the Rising, 8 on New Mexico. Um, corner kicks, 7 for um, the Rising, 2 for uh, New Mexico. 3 saves for New Mexico, 2 for the Rising. Um, six yellow cards called on the rising two for New Mexico and a red card for the rising. Um, other than that, um, I do believe that is everything to really speak of. Um, the next game is Saturday, um, against, um, Loudon, L O U D O U N. Um, I don't even know where that is, but um, as far as the standings for the Rising, there's uh, six games played, one win, four draws, uh, one loss. Um, they are eighth in the uh, in the West right now, so. That's where the rising sits. Um, now on to um, Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks win the series against the Royals. It should have been a sweep, um, but two to nothing. They they shut them out, um, and uh, um, Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks went. Um, Six and a third, uh, only giving up four hits, no earned runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts, a 2.15 ERA. McGuff um, finished that inning that uh, Gallon didn't, um, went uh, two-thirds of an inning. Uh, he has a 4.63 ERA. And then Castro um, pitched one inning, only gave up a hit, 2.53 ERA. And then uh, Chafin... Um, gets the save, one inning, um, one walk, and a strikeout, 2.61. Um, for the Diamondbacks, the, um, they scored in two consecutive innings in the fourth and the fifth. Longoria singled left in. Um, Rivera scored. And then in the fifth, Rivera singled to left, and um, um, Thomas scored. So... Can tell Marte 0, 0 for three. Um, Rivera two for three, a run in an RBI. He's batting 750. Um, Josh Rojas uh, 0 for one. Uh, Gurriel uh, one for four. Christian Walker one for four. Longoria one for four in the RBI. Uh, Corbin Carroll one for one. Nick Ahmed 0 for three. 
um, Alec Thomas over two in the run, and Herrera uh, over two. Um, so with that win, this or with that win, with this win, Diamondbacks should be back on top. They are. Yep, half game over the Dodgers now. Um, and then they start uh, Friday against uh, the Rockies. Uh, that's right, uh, because they're playing the Rockies the same weekend that the Suns play the uh, the Nuggets. Um, here is uh, just kind of a little bit of a, a recap of Zach Allen's night. For Zach, the consecutive scoreless inning streak is now at 28 even. It's our Chaz Roberts air conditioning and plumbing. Cool plays of the game. Gallon, six and a third scoreless, a season high 12 strikeouts. And here's a beauty for you, Bob. Since 19. Man, I would have loved to hear the rest of that um, that stat that they were going to, to say. Um. And then here is Andrew Chafin shutting the door, completing the uh, shutout. Got him. And the Diamondbacks get the series win. Zach Gallen, a beauty, a season-high dozen strikeouts. And for the Diamondbacks, it's their fourth shutout win this year. Sixth time the Royals have been blank. They take two or three from Kansas City. Yeah, it sure would have been nice to sweep this series, and a couple of well-placed base hits would have done that, but take two out of three and move along. That's the goal all season long. It is the goal. you you got to win, but, you know, the shutout definitely seems to be something that really should have happened. I mean, I can't stress that enough. Um, with a little bit more of a recap, here is Bally uh, Sports um, with the uh, game game recap. I've, I played with guys. Randy Johnson was one of them. You go out there and you, you, you feel good about who's going back on the mound. Well, let's check it out. What did you see, especially early on, and how did he battle? I mean, early on was a little rough, like we were just talking. Uh, you know, he got in a little bit of trouble, but settled down pretty quickly. <laughs> After the first, uh, you know, couple batters there, but again, you talk about command and commanding every pitch. Zach Gallen does that every time out. It's amazing to watch what he does out there with every pitch. And we're just watching him get deeper into these strikeout packs. He struck out 12, by the way. I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, you know, the, some late count, three-two changeups, three-two breaking balls. He sneaks heaters in there, you know, on off counts, and these guys are just looking to see how he uh, was able to do that with the knuckle curve change and, and uh, four seamers there. I mean, just to look at the ovation, people recognizing what's going on again. I love that. Yeah, we need to see more of that as this summer progresses, clearly with Zach Allen, but the fans who are here today did just that. So a couple of things. Consecutive scoreless innings, the active streaks this year. He now gives himself a little bit of distance from uh, Garrett Cole, who we talked about quite a bit on the air on our pregame show and now he's knocking on the door with you as well at 28 and yeah. your next one is 30. I think his role in life is just to eradicate Brandon <laughs> Webb from the Diamondbacks record box. Nah, that's fine with me because if I can sit here and watch those games yeah. like I watched today 
It's fun. I'm in. He's going to get some hardware that you have in your house. I'm pretty, his own I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. There is more to it, though, and we continue to look at, at, at Zach Allen out. Some of his ranks across Major League Baseball, I think, astounding. I, and, I, and I'm hoping that the national media is going to start catching up to all this. I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you overlook, uh, you know, one of the top one or two pitchers in the big leagues. This guy's been amazing for... Real quick, um, he is... Uh, he has four wins. He's tied for first. He's uh, thrown um, 37 and uh, two-thirds innings. That's first. An ERA of 2.15. That's fifth in the league. Um, 51 strikeouts. That's first. And um, whip which, uh, is a .77. That's first. Um, whip is uh, walks um, uh, plus hits. Um and then um, innings pitched. Uh, is it um, walks plus hits divided by innings pitched or uh, plus innings pitched? I, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. Well, let's let's look it up. Um, but you, your whip. Um, you, I think you want it to be like um, a one point something, and your elite. He is point seven seven. Um, w i. H-I-P in MLB. I just wanted to make sure it is walks uh, plus hits per innings pitched. Yep. So I was right the first time. Uh, there is no plus that uh, just walks plus hits um, and then per inning pitched. Um, 0.77. I mean, just, just elite. Um, let's get back to Brandon Webb. Two years straight now, and he's, he's just doing incredible things out here. Yeah, looking out across the board, first, first, fifth, first, and wow. first, and the, and, the, and the most crucial and important uh, statistical uh, breakdowns in, in all of Major League Baseball. So a job well done. Hopefully we'll hear from Zach before our coverage is out, depending, of course, on, on how quickly they're moving and getting off to the flight now, heading to Denver in just a little bit this afternoon. Yeah, I don't know if they got a, uh, a hold of Zach Gallon before – um, the game ended. There was a day game, and usually, you know, they're they're trying to get going and get out of there and 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 just kind of move along um, because they gotta they gotta travel back and they you know they want some time to um, to rest. So I mean, they're as soon as the game's over, usually there's like, all right, holla. <laughs> so um, I imagine they might would have, but. 28 innings uh, of scoreless baseball for Zach Allen at this point. Um, just a handful more, and he'll beat his own record of 44. Was it 44 and a third, I think, is is what it was. It was What a great season that was. Um, and then that streak like was like near the tail end. It wasn't even like all of, you know, um, all of the season, obviously when, when the streak ends, it ends and you start it over again. But, um, I'm not saying that he can or even will, but it, it would be awesome if he can break, break his own, um, streak, uh, early on now. And then maybe, it, you know, he loses it and then he's, you know, has a chance to break the other one again. That, that'd be pretty awesome. I think he is that, that special, but, um, anyway, 
let's go ahead and move along. I know it was kind of quick there, but a uh, lot of Cardinals, a lot, a lot, a lot of Cardinals to get through. Um, and that's going to be up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. So there are a couple of different things that um, we'll be uh, talking about. And I didn't really know what order I was going to do it, but I think I'm going to go in order of um, the uh, date posted or, or, or whatever. You know? um, so um, Monty Austinfort, the GM of the Cardinals, and Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Cardinals, had a press conference uh, talking about the draft. Um, it's the pre-draft press conference. And then um, – this week has also been the um, veteran voluntary workouts uh, uh, day one. It's like a mini camp for the veterans. Um, and you have uh, Jonathan Gannon had his just kind of talking about day one. Uh, Trey McBride, um, just a couple minutes for him, uh, tied in for the Cardinals. And then um, – uh, Kaiser, uh White, um, I think he's a linebacker. I can't remember, uh, but I know he's on defense. He spoke uh, to the media as well. And I thought about going um, with uh, leaving, you know, finishing with the draft. But um, since the draft starts today, might as well do that first. Like I said, I figured I'd go in order of uh, date posted and not necessarily relevance. Of course, all Four of these videos are relevant. Um, so um, I'll pause as needed, but uh, we'll go ahead and, and get it kicked off with the uh, pre-draft pre press conference um, first. Lead us off, Monty. You ready to go, Mark? Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Good seeing everybody. It's been a while for me. Uh, hey, just want to start off. It's just, it's been an exciting time of year. It's been an exciting few months. Um, you know, we've, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind here. We've, we've started with the, uh, with the all-star game season and that led us into the combine and then into the pro day process and our 30 visits that we just finished up here last week. And now we're kind of in the final, final stages here, putting the the final, uh, you know, the final touches on our board. So there's been a lot of people that have, have played a role in that. A lot, a lot goes into this draft to get, to get us to where we are right now. You know, I wanna, there's some people that I want to thank, and it starts with JG and his staff. You know, they've, they've, I've asked them to do a lot in terms of evaluations, Zoom calls, 30 visits. Uh, meanwhile, they're trying to install a new scheme and then meeting with our players as of a couple weeks ago. So the off-season program is rolling. It's brought a lot of excitement to the building. Uh, it's great to see our players around. Um, so it, it's been an exciting time. So those guys have played a, a vital part of our, our draft prep, and I, you know, I, I really appreciate the work that they've put in. You know, there's been a bunch of people around the building that have, have helped us with our draft prep, uh, the training and strength staff, uh, the nutrition department, uh, the operations department, Maddie C. and Dan O'Brien um, have done a lot for us, the PR department. Uh, the custodial and the janitorial staff, you know, a lot of people have chipped in to, to aid us in our evaluation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to work alongside a, a great analytics group that's led by uh, Charlie Adkins, uh, Joe Dandruzzi, Nick Tice, uh, Carter Tamlin, Heather Goldade. Those guys have done a great job of 
the research and the tools that they provided me it's, it's, and the rest of our staff has been great through our, through our draft preparation. Um, you know, finally, I, I just um, I want to specifically recognize a, a special group that, that, you know, it's near and dear to my heart. It's, it's how I was raised, and that's our, our personnel department. Um, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of nights on the road, a, a Fairfield Inn and Stillwater or Ames or, um, you know, God knows where. But these guys spent a lot of time away from home, away from their families. They sacrificed uh, for the, for the better, betterment of our organization. I just want to thank those guys. You know, specifically, uh, you know, Dave Sears came in here and, and has been a great help to me. Um, his thoroughness and attention to detail, you know, our, our draft prep wouldn't, wouldn't have been the same without him. You know, on top of that, you know, Matt Harris, Quentin Harris, Drew Grigson, Josh Scobie, uh, Ryan Gold, and uh, Glenn Fox and Rob Kissel have all provided great leadership as we've gone through this process. You know, and finally, the, uh, you know, the, the scouts, um, Andrew Caskins, John Mancini, Chris Colmer, Luke Palco, um, Zach Canney, uh, Darius Vinat, Fonz Knight, uh, Keegan Lair, Zach Devlin, Alex Valles, Chad Jenkins, Stephen Wise, and Andrew Ford. Those guys, I've, I've, I've changed a lot of our processes, asked them to do different things, um, and I just, I can't thank those guys enough. They've, they've been vital to the last few months here of our preparation. So with that, uh, I'd love to open it up and uh, throw it to you guys and see if there's any questions that we can answer. So um, two things I noticed. One, Jonathan Gannon, right off the bat, he commands the room everywhere he is. Even when his direct boss is in the room, he says, start us off, Monty. Um, and and, and not, not in a jerk way or anything like that, but that's what I've noticed every time um, Jonathan Gannon is in the room. That like That's, that's a big thing. Um, is it going to mean wins? I don't know. I really don't. Um, Second thing I noticed is that uh, Monty Austin Fort is all about um, uh, giving credit where credit is due. I don't know if anybody else would have gone through that long list of names of people he wants to thank and, and just kind of the process. He had he had notes in front of him, um, and uh, you know had had some notes ready. So you know tells me that he cares and that he that he his prep you know. Uh, even for a press conference, you know, means a lot to him and, and he takes his job serious. And so I do like that. Um, does any of that mean that he's a good general manager? No, it does not. Does it mean that he's going to draft well? No, it does not. Um, both these guys are first-time head coaches, first-time um, uh, first head coach and uh, first-time um, general manager. So, um, uh it is, you know, am I expecting a lot out of this first year? No, I'm not. Um, I'm not really expecting a lot out of, out of the next couple of years, at least right off the bat anyway. Um, uh, however, does it change how um, how important it is and how um, much criticism they'll, they'll receive for, for not getting it right? No, it doesn't. Not Not for me, it doesn't. I mean... Um, this, this organization is so, in so much turmoil. There was some Cardinal stuff that I was going to do today that I'll probably do a different day. Um, and, uh, some more, you know, Sean McDonough and, and Cardinal statements and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not done, you know, kind of going through it and sifting through. 
Um, so we'll do it a different day. But this organization is in shambles. Some of it self-inflicted. Some of it just um, how bad um, the former regime left it. You know, um, that being uh, Steve Kime and and, uh, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, and it is up to this group to make uh, a change as quickly as they can. Um, and uh, a lot of some, you know, media, some media will kind of give them a pass. Um, and there's some things I will too, but um, there, there's just really no time to waste. You know, that you can't have too many, uh, too many do overs. So, um, you know, the, the, the pressure should most certainly be on and it is on uh, for me. So there's a couple of the different things that I've noticed. Other things that I've noticed we'll kind of get and get into later when, when the players talk. Up on that. Howard, you don't mind just uh, say your name so they can help. Okay. Yeah, How, Howard Walls. Howard, go see you again. PHN, PHNX. Along those lines, when you come in as a new general manager and you have a staff that's there, how is and you, you've discredited them obviously, but how is that in terms of being comfortable? You dealing with them, those guys saying, "Well, gosh, it's a change here. Who knows what the future is?" But how, how is that? You know, that, that whole atmosphere. Yeah, and I think it's a process. I think it's a process of them getting to know me and me getting to know them. And you know, there's there's things that they did here in the past that that I've adjusted on them, and I've, I've thrown things at them on the fly, and and they've been tremendous. They've uh, there's different you know thoughts on why I do certain things, and and quite honestly, there's things that they did here that I looked at, and yeah, that makes sense. So it's it's really a getting to know process for all of us, and and really adjusting on the fly. This is this is a, a long process, and and we got there, and and wouldn't have done it without the help of all them. Hey, Josh, good to see you. Um, on a podcast, a team podcast, back in after you were hired, Michael Bidwell said that they were going to change the process of how you guys evaluated talent, how you guys approached the draft, wasn't going to be the best player available anymore. How did you, you go about doing that, and kind of what's the new philosophy, new process? Yeah, and I think that I think that's piecemeal, Josh. I mean, I think there's there's certain things that we can we we threw right at our guys, and we we adjusted right away. Um, and I think there's things that are still to come. That you know, I think we're we're trying to do this on the run, right? And and, and there's there's only so many things that you can do. And there's a lot of things that I adjusted to them rather than completely having them take on my philosophies and my processes. So those processes are in the are going to continue to get changed. Um, but you know the adaptability. I mean, JG's talked about adaptability a lot. Like that, it's the same for our staff, same for the scouting staff, same for everybody in football ops, and and they've done a tremendous job of of adjusting. Bob, Bob McMahon, hey Bob, Republic, for for you and John. Uh, in terms of the importance of, you know, everybody tries to ace the draft, but if you can get three starters out of a draft, it's generally considered really really good. How important is it that you do that, not only this year, but next year to get the rebuild going faster and turn the corner much faster? Well, I think, you know, I think we're trying to get as many good players and good people uh, on the team as possible. So, you know, I think every draft is important. You know, I, I think uh, this, is, this is a big opportunity for us to, to add talent to our team, to add the right type of people that fit, fit our team from both a, a talent and a culture standpoint. Um, and so... This is a this is a major step in the league year of of an opportunity for us to add those players. So, you know, I, um, you know, is it a three star? I don't, you know, I don't know really what that number is. I, I we're just we're going to try to add as many good players and people as we can. But let, let me go. Let me say, Bob. I would say because I just cringed when you said that word. 
uh, our sole focus is to win football games. So we're, that's uh, in our thought process. What can we do on a daily basis, whether it be through acquisition of players or what we're doing with our players now? Um, our sole focus is to win football games. So that's what we're doing. The word cringe you didn't like? I didn't like the word rebuild. I cringed. <laughs> oh, it's a rebuild. I don't, I don't care if you're going to cringe or not. Jonathan Gannon, this is a rebuild. It's a rebuild. It is what it is. I mean, get pissed, whatever. Um, it, it's here. You're not going to be good this year. You're. You, you, I'd be very, very surprised. That, that that's all there is to it. You need bodies. You need players. You your team is absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible. On paper, it looks terrible. Um, you have no depth. On um, on in any position, there's not a single position that you don't need help uh, with. Uh, in corner, defensive line, offensive line, you know the trenches, both sides, of course. Um, there, there's 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 not a, a player to need you. You have a quarterback that's out um, for who knows how long. It's a rebuild. This team stinks. What what's it going to take for you to to move off that number three pick? Well, I mean, I think with any trade that comes up, there's got to be opportunity, right? So there's got to be – it takes two teams to make a trade, all right? That's the first thing. And, you know, I think that's something that we're going to really dive into next week is, you know, if, if the phone does ring and, and someone shows interest, then we're going to have to weigh that, right? It's a, it's a give and take. Is, is, is there a player there that we, we want to take there? And there obviously is. There's only two players that are going to be drafted ahead of where we pick. And so we have to weigh that versus – uh, if there is an offer and what exactly that offer is. So, you know, I think those talks will, will really start progressing next week, but it's, it's one that we're going to have to wait and see just what, what opportunities are or aren't there. Quick follow-up, have you had any calls yet? Uh, there has been discussions, I'd say, back as far as the combine. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty preliminary back then. Um, you know, it started to pick up here, and I would say it's going to continue to pick up as we get closer to next Thursday night. I can't night. wait to see Monty work the phones on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot. He'll answer that for you. But I think I think uh, all teams talk to all teams, so probably 31 calls. You, you guys will be happy to know the phones are set up and uh, operational. So. <laughs> with, with, Hi, Darren. Where, how are you doing? I guess I should say, Darren. Um, with where you guys are. Uh, in building this roster, and, and obviously there's change coming because of you guys coming in. Does that make a, a draft day trade any more likely than you could see yourself doing two years down the road or three years down the road? I don't think so, Darren. I think every situation is going to be evaluated as it comes up. You know, I think um, if the trade makes sense and it's the right decision for our team at the time, then we'll do it. And if the, the right move is to sit and pick a player who we've done a lot of work on um, through the process, then we'll be prepared to do that. So I wouldn't say that it's any more likely now as opposed to down the line. Monty, Cameron hey, Cam. Um, what do you make of the quarterbacks in this draft? Everybody thinks it's going to be a mad rush for quarterbacks at the top. What do you, obviously you're set, but what do you make of it? Yeah, I, you know, I hear that too. I, I don't, I can't see the, the boards of 31 other teams. Um, you know, everybody's going to have different takes on that. Um, I, I, 
It's a little bit of an unknown, Cam, as, as is with everything about the draft. You know, we can, we can sit up here and, and try to predict what's going to happen. Uh, but in reality, nobody really knows. And, um, you know, the quarterbacks are always a big part of that, right? And so, you know, I think we all got to kind of just wait and see what happens come Thursday night. Mark hey, Mark. Yeah, I mean, we've, we have talked to Will. We've talked to a lot of players. Um, you know, Will's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time at a, at a great program in Alabama. Um, you know, we've, we've evaluated Will just as we have a number of prospects in the draft. And ultimately what our job is is to assign a value to, to what we feel about Will and every other prospect. So, you know, I'd like to get break you down specifically what I, what I feel about every player uh, guy by guy. But, I, you know, I don't know that that would go over real well, right? Probably got to keep a few things keep, secret. Yeah, so, that's right. yeah, appreciate the question, though. <laughs> Greg Moore, Arizona. Hey, Greg, how are you? I'm okay, how about you? I'm great. Good to hear. Uh, how have the allegations against Michael Bilwell from a former uh, talent evaluator affected how you do your job? Absolutely not. Not even in free agency? Absolutely not. I think I agree with that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, yes, uh, well, I agree partially. Um, I think there's plenty of people that uh, wanted to be a part of the Suns. And yes, they're completely different now. And the like I said, the bubble changed a lot of things. And the same stuff was going on, if not worse, with, um, uh, with Robert Sarver. I mean, that whole report, and, and they just kept on going. They didn't skip a beat. Um, you know, is it, it's a distraction, so it, you know it'll be one of those uh, deals, and go go down as a distraction. But I don't, I don't see how what's going on with Michael Bidwell has anything to do with acquiring uh, talent. You know, I mean, yeah, we'll, people ask and whatever. Hey, what's going on? And probably won't say anything anyway. But um, I, I don't see how it will. I mean. It, Maybe very, very minimal, but yeah, I think I agree with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, we learned from JG at the uniform reveal last night that on the 30 visits, he liked to ask the players that were coming in about Kyler Murray and what they thought about him. What was something that you liked to focus on throughout those 30 visits, whether it was here, at dinner, you know, what was your main goal there? Yeah, well, I, I on our 30 visits, the um, you know, the process that we use this year, I, the very first part of the day is the first thing that I told the players when they came, came in is we want to get to know you as the person, okay? We don't want you to be something that you're not. We want to find out. We want you to not try to tell us the answers that you think you want us to hear. We want you to be yourself because what we're trying to find out is we're trying to find out who they are as people and really show them what a day in the life would be like coming to work at the Arizona Cardinals. And so we ran these guys around and they met a lot of different people and, and we did different things with them. Ultimately, the goal was to just find out who they were. So, you know, that was my main goal once we got through the, I don't know, roughly six, five, six hours that we spent with each guy when they came in. And, you know, really when you get through the day, spending that much time with, you have a much better feel of, of who they are as people. Exercise where y'all wrote down names who you wanted to draft, and I think you said y'all had eight of the same ten names. Were you surprised like that you guys 
thought that same? Are y'all spending enough time together? Like, what does that what does it say about? Like, I'm not surprised at all, actually. You know, I think um, in working with JG in these these last couple months, I mean, we we see things similar from a um, uh, from a football standpoint, and really more importantly, from a from a person standpoint. And so those are those are the two big things that we're trying to evaluate. And um, you know, I, I think through the processes that we've been through, whether it's talking to guys at the combine or talking to guys on our 30 visits or the Zoom calls that we've been on, um, we really get a feel. And, and it's, um, you know, there's different personalities. Just like in this room, there's whatever, 30, 40 different personalities. That, that's the way it is with players too. And so we just have to get a feel. And we ultimately, we're just, we want to get a baseline for what we're dealing with in terms of a player's uh, makeup and personality, just so we know what it's going to be like if we're coming to work with them every day. Did you agree on the same name at the top of the list? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, luckily, we got another week to, uh, to finish that. It wasn't, I would say our list wasn't about who was at the top. It was just a general, like, who do we want on our team? board set and how many people are on the board and then a second part of that is are you a mock drafter and if so how many kind of renditions of a mock well you covered a lot of ground there okay uh yeah i would say our board is 95 percent done um and really uh it's probably even closer to 100 um it's you know now at this point is actually josh when we are going to turn our attention to some of those mock drafts and, and just take a look at them and see start walking through some scenarios that that may or may not happen um you know, some of those mock drafts are accurate. Some of them are crazy. Um, and it's, but in all honesty, the crazy ones might turn out to be right. You know, so we don't know. And, and I think really the draft is about, just like in a game, it's about reacting to what happens because we, we do not know what's going to happen. And so it's, it's fun to consider. And the, the mocks help us with some of, those, um, some of those scenarios. Like, oh, man, I didn't consider that. Well, it might happen. So if that happens, then we'll do this. And so they help us in that process. Um, there was a, and I'm not sure where the report was, but there, you know, it was an anonymous um, uh, front office um, person in, in the league, you know, with with a team, of course, that uh, said that this year, um, he's like what twenty? I think it was like twenty percent or whatever it was. Sure, of what he's doing. Where last year they were like eighty to ninety percent sure, and uh, it's like when he says. We don't, you know, they don't know what, what's going to happen, what's going on. Like, from beginning to end, um, the, the draft is, supposed, is going to be so different. That who knows what in the world is going on from, from one all the way down, like I said. Um, some of them you kind of have an idea, but, I mean, you would, you would assume someone like... Um, was it Carolina that's first? I think it's Carolina's first. You know, that they, they need a quarterback and they're going to take a quarterback. But, you know, really of take your pick uh, on who you think Bryce Young or you think um, um, C.J. Stroud. Um, those are, like, the more likely. But for all we know, they, they can just go off the wall and, and go Will Levis or, you know, or so, something like that or – um, and because there's so much uncertainty 
uh, the the executive for a, a current team says they have no idea where you know what's going to happen, where they're going to go, what you know what 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 you know it's it's so uncertain, and it's most unlike any other year. So I, I think that's a pretty interesting fact. Other mocks, or are you doing your own mocks? We're reading other mocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. How much do you think that Jonathan's previous experience as a scout has, has really helped in this process? It's helped a lot. He's, he's, uh, he understands that uh, he understands a way of looking at players. Um, and just really, it's, it's uh, something that he's continued to develop through his coaching career, but it, it's a unique perspective. You know, Jonathan knows um, uh, what we ask our scouts to do and what their job is. And so I think that brings a really unique perspective and an appreciation for, you know, what the guys on our side of the, the office do. Monty, can you address the trade request from Buda Baker, where that stands, um, and then do you see where this team trades it at all? Yeah, so here's what I would say. His, I'd say I, myself, JG, um, we've had a lot of conversation with Buda and his representation, a lot of productive conversations, and those continue to happen. Um, I understand that, that Buda went public with his uh, his request last week. Um, you know, I would say that the conversations that I've had with Buddha um, are going to, I want those to remain between Buddha and I. Those are personal. Um, those are private. And, you know, I'm not going to get into a situation where I'm uh, handling uh, uh, one of those situations in, in the public forum. So I hope you guys appreciate kind of that. But again, I, I think I've been clear about how I feel about Buddha as a person and a player, and, and nothing about that has changed. Was that tough to hear for you? I mean, you guys, when you're, one of your first days here, you mentioned Buddha, you know, as a player you want to build a team around. No, I, I, I like to hear all our players, how they're feeling and, and what they're going through because each one of them are different. But uh, like Monty said, just talking to him, um, I know what's in his heart. And I know he's a phenomenal person. He's a phenomenal player. And uh, um, we've had we've had a you know, great conversation so far and a good relationship and uh, looking forward to keeping that moving forward. I think for Buddha, and, and this is kind of where it's like, all right, JG, you don't think it's a rebuild? Well, one of two things is going on with Buddha. Either he thinks it is and he's not expected to win a lot of games. They didn't win a lot of games last year. And I know last year was a thing all in its own. Um, and that's usually why team, uh, why players re- request trades is either a they don't you know they don't believe in the whole team or they don't believe in certain aspects of the team maybe the leadership of the team or even um, the front office um, uh, other uh, maybe other personnel I don't you know it's a combination of a couple of those or, or you know there's like hey. I'm tired of losing. I want to be somewhere where where I can where I can win, and I don't believe in this team enough to to do that. Um, and the uh, the lack of acquisitions up to this point says that this team is tanking and going to be more than likely terrible. And it is a rebuild with all of these players. Um, either requesting their trades, rumors of that they are being traded or they're on a trade block. Tell you know it's either 
the players camp or or the Cardinals saying, hey, hey, these guys are available. Um, we are tanking. We suck. And we need uh, picks rather than players. Um, and it's, you know, or we're cutting costs, whatever it is, you know. So that, that that's, it's a big red flag to me. And, it, it, you know, hopefully they can, you know, you assume the conversation is going positive, as they say. Maybe it's going positive. Hey, give us, you know, give us at least this year. If you can see that, you know, maybe we're at least trying. Maybe we might not win a lot of games, but we're trying. We're getting there. We're making a a a, 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 a turn. We're we're going in the right direction. Then you know, and if you see that we're not, then you know, obviously trade granted, no problem. Uh, I don't know if that's what's going on, but it, it's it's a red flag regardless. And being in the top ten of drafting best player available versus drafting for position. My philosophy is to draft the best player for the Cardinals, so the the right fit for the Cardinals. You know, so we're we we've put a ton of work on that, and we've had a lot of discussions on that, and ultimately position, best player, we're going to take the best play, the, the best fit for the Cardinals. Jen, Jen Tyler Drake, hey, What's been the toughest uh, part of the job so far for you? Oh, toughest. Um, you know what? It's been, it's been great. Uh, it's, it's, it's just been day by day, um, chipping away, doing what, doing whatever I can to, to help out and help the team and, and do my role. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's been something that's, that's, I would classify as toughest. It's, it's, you know, this is something that that I've I've waited a long time for. Been in a, uh, a few different buildings and and pick and choose from some things I like, some things I didn't like, and it's been fun to to implement them and and excited for Thursday night to to put them into practice. Jacob's strategy has been uh, significantly different from what we've seen in recent years. Top name guys, big sign bonus, all that. Can you speak to the strategy and has money been a hindrance for you or is this is this intentional that you're bringing in guys that, that don't have the biggest names and the biggest profiles? Are you talking in free agency, Greg? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I think it's the same it's it's much the same discussion as a draft. I mean, we're we're trying to find the right players for the Cardinals while also building bringing in talent, bringing in depth, bringing in competition, okay? And so the more that we can add on that it's going to improve everybody around us. Okay, so you know, I think, and I think you asked if money was a hindrance. No, money's not a hindrance. You know, we're, but in free agency, you you it takes two sides to make a deal, right? So you know, it's, um, but ultimately, we're trying to put on, on the field the most competitive ninety-man roster that we can put together that we can get ready to win games in September. So that's been our focus from the time that we've got here, and that's going to continue to be our focus as we go through the draft and then other team-building opportunities the rest of the way here as we lead up to the opening. There is no way that um, some of the bigger-name free agents that were available um, are not, you know, fits for for the Cardinals, like this, you know, between Monty and, and Jonathan Gannon, it's definitely about building a culture, a culture of, of winning, a culture of discipline, a culture of you know this, that, and the other, and all great things. Like it, it, I love everything that they're saying and what they're trying to do. But there's no way the free agents that were available um, 
you know, don't believe in that same culture. So um, that's number one. Um, money, I, you know, it's, it's hard to tell whether or not it's, it's, it's money. I think, uh, uh, Michael Bidwell, it does seem to, you know, now, um, and it will kind of most of the time has always been, Hey, let's do what we need to do to win. But he really has taken a step this year with some of the building changes and other different things that he's done, you know, especially based off that report card that, you know, we talk about, uh, from time to time. Um, so you can, for the most part, believe when he says it, it's not about money, but, um, you know, he just said it, it takes both sides to, to, to make a deal. And so that's the other thing is like, maybe the Cardinals want more people, but they're not as wanted, <laughs> you know, like no one wants to go to the Cardinals. So that, that's like one of the things to, to me. And, and, and I feel like the guys that they signed, do fit the Cardinals like what they're looking for, but also like the the they had no other option or the Cardinals were their best option. Um, it's just it sucks. It really does. Takes a player that's not a quarterback at two. Will that preclude you from drafting a, a player at three and, and resisting the urge to trade down? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, I think I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, what's going to happen at one or two. And I think that's a little bit why next week when we go through our, um, our draft exercises, then those are the questions that we're going to have to ask ourselves. So no, I don't think anything that happens in front of us will dictate what we're going to do at three. Johnny, as you've evaluated this draft overall and with seems there's a number of older players because of college and COVID, extra years of eligibility. Has that, how has that affected the evaluation when it seems to be a lot of older players than normal? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, really it affects more so the volume of players. I mean, there's been, there's been certain players that have chosen to go back to college. Um, so, you know, there's, there's pro I don't know how many that number is, but there are a number of guys who normally would have been eligible for this year's draft. Um, as it pertains to uh, the age of the player, I don't know that that has really changed anything. Ultimately, it's still what they can do uh, both on the field and who they are as people off the field. I think really when you talk about the age component, um, it's really or the, the COVID and all that, it's really the volume of players that are in the draft. But does it affect that all that you might, if this guy's 24 or 25 already, and that by the time the first contract's over, there'll be almost 30 in some cases, does that affect your decisions on who you draft? No, I mean, I think that's, that's a small consideration, but ultimately, like, we're, we're making a determination on both the player's ability on the field and the person off the field. This is from Coach Gannon. How do you deal with distractions, like things that just come up and just totally throw you yeah, off? But I would, but that's a great question. Is someone going to call Cam out with a fine, or am I going to have to? I mean, unbelievable, huh? No fine? No fine? Yeah, that's the norm. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, be where your feet are. You know what I mean? And, and um, that's, I think, what a lot of narratives or what a lot of people think are distractions. They're really not if you're focused on what you're doing each day. And, um, you know, that my focus doesn't waver when I'm in here. Um, each day is trying to get our players and coaches uh, improving and get them better. So we put the best product that we can on the field to ultimately win games. So, um, you know, that's my sole focus. 
The DeAndre Hopkins storyline has kind of dominated the offseason, whether you guys are going to keep him traded, whatever. What can you say about that? Um, it's, you know, Greg, it's, it's similar to the Buddha conversation. I've, I've had similar, um, I've had a lot of interaction with, with Hop. He's been great. Um, good discussions back and forth. Um, you know, as it pertains to his situation, I, I'm, I'm going to keep those uh, those discussions between us as well. Um, but you know, Hop Hop's a he's been proven to be a, a a good player in this league, and and he's obviously a very talented player. But you know, I think productive conversations with Hop just going to keep those between us. You mentioned your draft board's about 95 percent complete. Obviously, a very fluid situation. You don't know what's going to happen. But when you look at that draft board, can you hint to us whether it's leaning more defensive side of the ball or offensive? Or we're really digging in now, huh? <laughs> uh, the short answer is no. I can't. I can't tell you that. <laughs> good try, though. A really good try. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to your process, Monty, you you come in in in, in January and. You have a staff already here. How much have you been able to implement what you would want to do if you were starting from scratch and compared to what you had to do coming in kind of midway through the? Day? Yeah, and I think I think that's uh, I think that's ongoing, right? Like I think there's certain things that I've been able to, to to get in that we could do on the fly, and I think there's there's things that we still we still got to put some more time in, which is fine. I mean, um, there's there's certain processes that we can talk through, and yep, okay, we'll adjust, we'll do this, and then there's certain processes really that pertain to different times of the year that will be more applicable when we get to, say, call it the fall, pro you know, and our, our scouts go out to training camp and then the fall. So, you know, I think it was just being intentional with what exactly we could change and what was going to be the most useful for getting us to this point to get us ready for Thursday night. How do you evaluate what is a good drive? Well, um, I think you typically have to wait a couple years to see how it pans out, you know. Um, I think everybody will come out on uh, Saturday evening and, and think they knocked it out of the park. And, and in reality, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to wait a couple years to um, to see how right we were. Jonathan, you guys have a mini camp next week. It's the first time you get to be on the field. What are you trying to accomplish, given that it is the first time on the field? I mean, can you get much done? What What are you trying to get on? Yeah, we can get a lot done. We're going to get a lot done. Uh, you know, the coaching process starts for our guys with, from a standpoint of technique and schematics and how we do things on a daily basis on the grass, um, how we practice versus each other. That's a huge piece to being a good team is knowing how to practice versus each other, a safe and effective way uh, for our team to to improve but also stay healthy. And um, I know our coaches, man, they, they could they got the weekend off, but they are ready to go on Tuesday. I know that. So because uh, they come in, we got physicals on Monday and then Tuesday we start. So we're going to use the a lot of time and we're going to get a lot done. And then, you know, we had a staff meeting this morning. We're going to have to adjust on the fly a little bit because everybody comes from different places and and um, different teams. And, you know, we got a lot of new players now and players that have been here. And um, I think that the, the main thing is is being clear with what we expect to get out of being on the grass, uh, show them good, bad, good and bad examples of that, and work to keep having some good examples of it. So uh, our players are excited. I know the coaches are excited. Good yeah, question, Darren. With just kind of any kind of player, or are you looking for a specific? So I'm thinking about New England, right? Like New England would have like the tight ends all kind of fit a profile. The receivers all kind of fit a profile. There was a profile of player that could play in New England, which led to a lot of success. So I'm curious, is your system more like 
you give me the player, I'll figure out how to best use him? Or do you have something in mind and certain guys that plug into that? Yeah, we've, that's, that's part of getting together with Monty and the, and the personnel side and the coaching side. You know, we kind of, I always say, like, there's a canvas out there. Sorry. There's a canvas out there, and we can have different colors and different brushes, but you got to stay inside the canvas. And, um, and that, that's, there's a lot of different players that bring things to the table um, that can help us win games. So uh, we're pretty convicted on how we want to do that, how we want to add people. But a huge point that Monty talked about that we're in 100% agreement on is, is the makeup and the character of the player. And that's what we want really good people walking in this building. Eight picks this draft, would you be pretty comfortable coming away with eight players or would you want to have a bigger draft class? Yeah, and I think that I think that Bo that really goes into opportunities, right? I, I'm not, um, you know, we have eight picks right now. Um, opportunities may or may not present themselves, and those opportunities could be to sit where we are and take those eight players. They could be to move back, and they could be to move up. So, you know, I don't think I don't want to. I'm not. I don't have a magic number in my head that says we have to come away with this many players. Uh, I think it, ultimately it's coming away with the right players. That's what it's. That's what it's going to come down to. Jonathan, as a new first-year head coach, how do you think your your response is going to be to play a, a starting ability for a rookie, no matter his position? Obviously, gauge on the talent, what he can do on the field for you. But do you have a good sense of how you're going to relate to rookies in terms of putting them on the field right away in important roles? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to come in here and and um, get acclimated with with how we want to do things. Um, they'll fit into their position groups and the offense, defense, and special teams. And ultimately, how we're going to do things here is is you know whatever whoever we feel gives us the best chance to win games each game because it can look a little different. Those guys are going to play, and we'll have a role for them. And and I think that it's a huge piece to defining their role as they get in here. Um, and being very clear with that, and not to say that their role can't change, you know, either up or down, sometimes predicated on performance, sometimes predicated on, you know, who we're playing that week. But um, I think when you clearly define that role, hey, this is how we see you adding value to the team. And when you can add value, then we'll use you other ways. You know, if you're not adding value to the team, well, then some of that role is going to decrease. But um, we got a pretty clear vision of how we want to get those guys acclimated and get them start to plan for us and ultimately help us win games. Good question. Excuse me one second. We'll take two more. We'll take Jose and Howard and we'll call Awesome. Call of the day. Hi, Jose. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, as you go through the, through the draft prep and the trade talk kind of simultaneously, what do you draw from in your past to kind of navigate all of that as the draft comes close? Yeah, I think, I think really, Jose, it's just the years of being in the draft room, right? It's... Um, it's a unique experience, you know. I think, um, you know, that the the decisions have been by Thursday night. The decisions have been made. The, our board is our board, so it's not it's not a uh, uh, what are you thinking here? Should we which way? Should, like we know which way we're going to go, right? I think what we've what we've what we want to reserve the time for, Jose, is is if any if the phone rings one way or the other, or if there's a strategy to to move up for a player that because we think he might not be there later. So the the debate on the which player, player A or player B, that that's that's done. That's over. It's really waiting to see the draft strategy and moving around the board and seeing if it makes sense.
and drawn upon my experiences of seeing that happen in my years, that that's what I'm going to draw upon. Yeah. Howard, you have one? Howard, one more. Have you made, have you made it to Close us out, Howard. Oh, no, Bob's got one. Bob. In light of the suspensions that were handed down by the league today in Detroit and with one player in Washington, what, what have you guys talked about how to remind your players what not to do on facility areas to avoid such a suspension? Yeah, you have to educate them. You know what I mean? And I know people make mistakes, but you have to educate your players on what's acceptable and what's not. And um, that's an ongoing process through the, you know, the entire year. And uh, ultimately, that's why it's so important to have the right people in here. You, you know, those guys, you have to make good decisions too. But sometimes guys make mistakes. Sometimes, sometimes guys don't know. It's our job to educate them, hey, this is right and wrong, and we have to abide by these rules. All right, so not nothing, uh, you know, too crazy. Obviously, I had a lot to say in, in some of that, but uh, – We'll move on to Voluntary uh, Veteran Workouts Day 1 with uh, Jonathan Gannon. Um, and from what I've seen and what I've heard is, uh, before we get into this, and this is what I'm going to talk about you know, with players, is there's actually been quite a bit of of guys in the building, you know, for these workouts, for these um, mini camps, Um which is actually really good. So like that that's like the biggest positive is that the guys that they have um not all of them but majority of them um have have been around and uh been working. And so that's good. I think that's uh, better than than uh, most most years I I want to say. Um so but anyway, uh Jonathan Gannon. On today. Awesome. Awesome. The best part about the job, being on the grass with the guys. So um, got a day tomorrow and um, had two pretty good days and uh, look to keep improving. But uh, good to be on the grass with the guys and start working with them. What are you trying to accomplish, Coach? You know, some guys are here, some guys aren't. Yeah, you? we're. I mean, you know, I told those guys, you know, we're trying to start to own in on some technique and fundamentals and then some an introduction to schematics part of it, too. So. Um, and we've been doing that for two weeks in the meeting room, but until you get on the grass and see how it all fits together, I think that uh, there's a, a learning process that you go through that you need to go through to fully understand what we're doing, and uh, that's what we're working on right now. Did anybody stand out? Can anybody stand out at this point in the office? They all stand out to me. They're, they're working hard and busting their butt, and, um, you know, I, I really like the enthusiasm and the tempo that we're working. Where's Colton at when we were up there? It didn't look like he yeah, he's doing good. He's on a part of a, a plan to get him ready to go by when he needs to get ready to go by. But um, he's locked in, engaged, and doing a good job for us. Any players give you any draft insight the day before? Anybody stand today? Yeah, I ask them all. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been good. You know, we, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I listen to people, you know, and uh, so I ask them and I hear what they have to say. Bigger names weren't there today. I know it's voluntary, but how do you feel about not having guys of that stature? Yeah, there are some guys that you didn't see out there today that are in meetings. Um, so, you know, when they're ready to get on the grass and go, we'll, we'll get them on the grass ready to go. But um, really like where, you know, the, the guys that are here working, the attitude that they've had, like I said, the tempo that they're working at, um, you know, I think that they're improving a little bit each day. Has, has there been a decision yet on uh, the fifth year option for Isaiah? 
Uh, probably a better question for Monty, but uh, you know, we take it one day at a time and then make decisions with all the information that we have. Jonathan, when you look at your linebacker core, you sign a couple key guys, including Kaiser. You have a couple key guys here with Isaiah and Zayvon. How does all that fit together for you in terms of where you want everybody to be and how much of what's going on right now can you get to or is that a training key? Yeah, that's a really good question. So what we like to do is is that's what we need to get on the grass first and start seeing how guys move and what they're comfortable with. And we got a long time to make that decision and we don't rush those decisions. So. Uh, we're always going to have make decisions with the with the players in mind first, and uh, when they start to get comfortable with different things, we might switch them around, bump them around. But uh, you know, one step at a time with what we how we kind of see those guys, you know, impact in our team in a positive way, and then you know, as we get going, then we can start to do some other things with some of those guys. In the long run, where do, where do you see these three days kind of pay off? I mean, I think you set the foundation of how just, you know, from a from a practice expectation standpoint, our guys, I think, you know, are getting to the point where they fully understand after two days how we expect uh, to practice when we go out there, what we want to get accomplished. And, you know, when everyone has a clear understanding of that, then they can go out and execute and kind of take off. So uh, that's really what I wanted to get out of this. These three days where let's you know let's start introducing the fundamentals and techniques on the grass. Let's get uh, you know a little bit submerged into the scheme, how everyone fits in, and that's here's our expectations and here's our standard of how we do things when we're on the grass. Coaches, obviously, been a lot of first for you recently. You know, first team meeting you had as a head coach, first time you run a practice as a head coach. What has that been like for you and you? caught yourself maybe looking around just been like it's really happening yeah it's been awesome I mean you know humbling experience obviously but I you know I've been uh, as I said you know multiple times um, I've been trained the right way by the right people I think and um, you know I put my own spin on it at times but uh, you know it's I got some pretty clear blueprints of how I saw being a head coach uh, what that role entails and, um, you know, not to say that I've already made some mistakes and uh, you got to try to get better myself, not just the players, myself get better, a little better each day. But, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to go to work and try to get better each day. And myself is right in that bucket, all the coaches are. In general, when you're talking about getting those guys on the field and seeing where they are, the players that have been here before, the, the, the film that you've seen, do you, do you watch film and say... Yeah, I watch I, film, Darren. <laughs> you watch film and say, hey, these guys could maybe be over here <laughs> yeah, instead. Absolutely. I mean, does that does that caution? Yeah, sorry, mind? I'm, I'm no, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we look at, you know, uh, everybody's tape from last year, two years, you know, you go back and start to look at different things and you know, Kaiser is a good example of I was with Kaiser for a year, you know, and, and we did some things with him that uh, he really liked and he was comfortable and he was good at and there's other things that he didn't love, you know, and he and he's been vocal about that. So you want all of that interaction all the time with all your players and because you never want them out there uncomfortable with what they're what we're asking them to do. So that's a that's a process that has started and um, that will continue to go as we get going approaching week one. You guys like Kaiser and Zach Pascal, some of the guys you have history with. What's that like to are those guys guys you're counting on to help lay the foundation you're talking about, and where are they, you know, how's that familiarity work? Yeah, there. I mean, it's it's always good to have people um, that you've been around uh, that understands what the expectation is because they can then, 
you know, hold other guys accountable as well. And not in a negative way, just, you know, a lot of times players, when I get up and under and explain the why behind things, you know, some people might understand immediately, but the, the bridge of the guys that don't understand immediately are typically the players. So when you have players that understand what you mean, they can relate it to the other players, and then you get everybody on board. So very glad that Kaiser and Zach are here because they understand you know, the expectation of how we want to operate. You mentioned guys fitting the scheme. And on defense, is there, in a sense, a set scheme? I mean, everyone wonders, 4-3, 3-4, mix, hybrid. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to pin it down. All of it. Week one, you'll figure it out. Um, yeah, you guys have heard me talk about it. It's all the same. Everyone plays the same stuff. I think the the key thing is is the guys understanding the why behind things, and then exactly what their job description and and how they fit into each call. No matter if you're in three four four three 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 five, it doesn't it doesn't really matter, uh, as long as they understand and can execute what we're asking them to do. The line pretty much is that near Ed that you know you want day one. Want to say it again, Josh? You're up at the line. Like, do you have an idea of what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's just like all positions. You know, we're figuring that out. You know, that's why you need to get on the grass with guys. And and I might think, well, this guy's a you know an interior player, but he might be a better you know outside guy. So, um, no rush to figure that out. But that's what what we're in the process doing. Zayden was working out with the outside linebackers. Is that something that could be long term? We'll see. I don't know that. I um, yeah, we had him there. I think this these last two days, and he's uh, he's doing a good job. What I love about Zaven is that's the type of makeup that you want in your players. Is coach, I, I'm willing to do anything that you want me to do to help the team. And when you have a bunch of guys like that on your team, you have a good chance to win. What was it like for the coaches to go to Kyler's statue reveal in Oklahoma? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, not not uh, doesn't typically happen where you're a part of a team that has, you know, a, a player on your team that's honored like that. I mean, the guy's got a statue up uh, on a huge college campus. So it was a special thing for us to go and um, see that happen. And, um, you know, I thank Michael because he made that happen because it's not just like a 20-minute drive. And we were up and back, and um, it was good. Got to work when we got back. And uh, it was uh, it was a neat experience to see that. Would it surprise you to hear that? Some people are critical of that move. Yeah, you know, I'm not really worried about people's opinions. The people's opinions I'm worried about are people in here. So, um, honestly, I didn't hear anything positive or negative about it. How, how, how important was it, do you think, just overall with everyone who went, to show support for Kyler? Yeah, I mean, I think our players know already, that, you know, and we'll continue to build that trust with them. But we, <laughs> everything we do, we have the players, you know, in mind. And um, anything that we can do to help support them and help them and educate them and, and um, be in their corner, that's what we're going to do. He started strength training. Is there any next step that he's close to as far as his rehab? Um, you know, probably a better question for the strength guys. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's moving along well. I think that um, he made a good progression this last week, and um, you know I'm I'm excited where he's at, and uh, I know he's chomping at the bit. That's what I'm going to say to you guys until he gets you know suits up and plays. This guy wants to be out there right now, but um, he's got to go through the necessary steps to make sure that he's mentally and physically healthy, ready to go. As a former safety, do you catch yourself like keeping an eye on them? Safety bit? nickel, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, you know, those guys know that that's kind of uh, 
my baby. Um, but, um, you know, being in the head coach, it's a little different role. You know what I mean? So I got to make sure that I'm helping everybody on the team, not just those guys. But uh, they know when I walk into that meeting, they better perk up a little bit. What's it like to be that CEO type of role where you have a coordinator on each side and, like, you know, I, everybody's different, you know, and we're still kind of figuring out those dynamics, too. That's a really good question. Um, but, I, you know, I really – one of the best parts about the job so far besides the players is being able to, you know, hopefully help each guy on staff, you know, and that's what you're looking to do. And like I said, I've had a, a pretty good blueprint of what that looks like because I was in their seats at one point and uh, knew how much I was helped by the head coach. And um, I think that's a huge piece to being a head coach. That's one of the parts of your role, and you have to be good at it. Where are you going to be tomorrow? In the war room? I don't know, wherever Michael and Monty tell me to be. So, yeah, I, I assume. I think so. All right. That is Jonathan Gannon uh, next to speak as uh, Trey McBride tied in for the Cardinals. For the first time last couple days. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's uh, a lot of new faces around here, a lot of new energy, and something that I'm very excited about. I'm uh, you know just being back with the guys, um, getting everyone back, trying to learn this offense with everybody. We're all kind of going through the same growing pains and stuff, but it's very exciting and uh, just eager to continue building and keep going with this team. I like going through this learning curve two years in a row for you. You know, it's. Um, Something that I'm, I, unfortunately, I'm kind of used to it. I had two different head coaches in college, so this is my fourth system in really four or five years. So I'm really, um, unfortunately, I'm used to it, but um, it's very cool. I mean, I get to see a lot of different things. I got to learn an offense last year that was very different than what it was in college, and now this offense is very different than what it was last year. So um, I, I think it really helps in some aspect where it can brighten my horizon and kind of learn everything. And then if uh, you know different offenses come in, whatever, I can kind of adjust very easily. I remember when we talked to you near the end of last season where you were saying when you're finally starting to really feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's after a rookie year where there's a lot to adjust to. Yeah. Do you feel now kind of the extra time here will really help in this adjustment? Yeah, you know, I, I felt like I had a very good end of the season and I'm just trying to build on to that uh, coming into this new new year, new offense, new everything. So really just trying to build on to what I did last year. And uh, this is very exciting, you know, this new offense, new everything. And I'm just very eager to get going with this team and, and everyone. It's uh, it's very exciting. Was there something specific you've been working on, whether in the weight room or in your game throughout the off season? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, watching guys around the league and, and being a, in a room with Zach is very, very cool. You know, I watch him a lot. He's very talented and, and I learn a lot from him. So uh, yeah, I try to take stuff from him. He's been a very good tight end in this league for a long time. So any bits and pieces I can take from Zach, I, I try to do. Do you feel like you've gotten a good sense of what you guys are going to do offensively yet, or are we still too early in that process? Yeah, I think it's still a little early in the process. A lot of it's um, guys can be anywhere, whether that's two tight ends, three tight ends, uh, five receivers, whatever it's going to be. Uh, they say they're going to put our best players out on the field, and that's who's going to play. If that's two tight ends, that's awesome. If that's one tight end, that's what it's going to be. But he wants to put his best players out there and let them go make plays. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can get as many tight ends on the field as we can. <laughs> For your early uh, insights on your new position coach, local or native Colorado, and like yourself, are you guys kind of hitting it off? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coach Steele's been awesome. Um, being from Colorado, we kind of had that connection early on, but. Uh, he's very, you know, just kind of like us, works hard and, and kind of 
gives us the tools we need to be successful, but I'm super excited to uh, take everything I can from him, um, a guy that's played in this league as well. So it's also nice to have a former player as your position coach. Because you guys have had so much turnover, do you feel like I'm kind of a veteran a little bit because you were somebody who was here last year or because you're learning something new, because it's a new coaching staff, it doesn't really feel that way? You know, I feel like uh, I, I come in, I feel a lot better than I did at this point last year. You know, um, I, I feel confident. I feel like I, I know what I can do in this league and I know um, what I'm capable of doing. But I'm trying to bring guys with me as much as I can, I'm trying to help anyone out in any way that I possibly can. So, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like an older guy yet, but I definitely feel more, uh, you know, mature than I was uh, at this point last year. What is it? What was it like for you at this point last year, the eve of the draft? I mean, what kind of emotions are you? Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point last year, I was probably, you know, leading up to the draft, I was probably freaking out and trying to figure out where I was going to get drafted. But, uh, you know, this, uh, I'm just so thankful that, that this organization, you know, took a chance on me. And I just remember that day literally like it was the other day. It's just so vivid in my mind how, you know, it's like the greatest day of my life getting drafted and stuff. So um, I'm very thankful and I'm super excited to see, you know, this next couple of days and a lot of, you know, college players get to live out their dreams as well. Are you going to watch the draft? Yeah, I'll probably tune in a, a little bit. You know, I got a couple former teammates, buddies and stuff that have a chance to get drafted. So I would uh, love to see that for them. But yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. I don't know if I'll watch it as close as I did last year, but I'll definitely uh, be in on it. Yeah, that's cool. And it also makes sense as to, you know, why it's not a bad idea. I mean, you're not taking it for, um, you know, taking it to the bank. But, um, but when coach was asked about hey uh you talked to the players about you know some some draft ideas and he said yeah i talked to all of them a lot of them you know so especially the ones a little bit more recent know a lot of these you know players that are coming out in the draft so you know they might know them a little bit better or a different way so i think that's not a, a bad idea but uh um Kazir white is next like out there uh, kind of coming from Jonathan's system in Philly and kind of having to be somebody out there maybe lead the charge as far as the new defense being uh, You know, it feels uh, real good. You know, I got a lot of um, comfortability uh, with the scheme, a lot of comfortability with the D.C., uh, Nick Rallis, and uh, Jonathan Gannis. So it just feels smooth, and, uh, you know, I feel right at home. What's it like seeing him as a head coach? Oh, man, it's great because, uh, you know, last year um, we had a top defense in the NFL, and, you know, I saw all the uh, work he put in and how much he cared about the guys. His focus wasn't, yeah, I want to become a head coach. His focus was let me become the best, you know, the coordinator in football last year. And, you know, he did that and, you know, he just reaped the benefits. Uh, you know, now he's a head coach. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, excited to see that. And I know he's going to do uh, great things there. Nah, he's the same. Same exact guy. You know, some people like switch positions. They totally different people. He's the same exact guy. Yeah. What, what, what was your reaction? I know that. When you think back to the Super Bowl, obviously it didn't end the way you guys wanted. And then all of a sudden, two days later, your coach stays here and he, he's gone. What was your first reaction when, when you found out just because of that whirlwind? Um, you know, I was happy for him. You know, uh, you know, we had a great year, didn't finish it. Um, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean, oh, you know, just because we lost, he shouldn't take this job. I mean, everybody wants to be a head coach. So, uh, you know, I was happy and, and proud of him, you know.
Oh, yeah, I trained back here like a few years ago out in uh, Phoenix, XO. So, you know, I know what to expect, good weather and things like that. Um, and about playing here, you know, he just said, uh, you know, just stay focused, um, and, you know, just put your uh, best foot forward and, you know, go to work every day. Don't get complacent. You guys have, uh, obviously, you're kind of the centerpiece of the linebackers that you brought in. There was already Isaiah Simmons and, and Zayvon here. How, how do you think? Jonathan and, and Nick go about meshing all you guys together? Um, I feel like he's, they're going to put us in the best uh, situations to be you know, successful. Um, whatever we do well, I think they're really going to capitalize off of that and uh, just let us play free, uh, fast, and uh, you know, just go out there and play football, not really overthinking anything, just you know, letting us play, uh, play ball. Do you feel like you've gotten to know everybody around here pretty well, or, or is that still an Yeah, I mean, it's still a work in progress because I've only been here for two and a half, three weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to uh, get everybody's name down and stuff like that. I ain't really really too good with a uh, name, so I call everybody my guy. But I, I got yeah, I to gotta, I gotta fix that. I got to fix that. Yeah. So, so if you call us that, then watch yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best, man. When, when free agency started, were you hopeful that this might happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to come here with uh, JG or, uh, you know, stay in Philly because, you know, that's right in my backyard. So, How different do you think his scheme will look week to week? I mean, will the playbook be pretty fast? Uh, I feel like he going to keep, you know, the main thing, the main thing, and, uh, you know, just really let us go out there and uh, play football. You know, we'll make adjustments when we need to, but, uh, you know, like he, he likes to really uh, stick to the script and uh, just let us play fast. He jokes that he got heat from Eagles fans last year for not blitzing, yeah. even though you guys led the league. And sacks. Yeah. yeah. Mile. yeah. I mean, was that because he didn't have to blitz, or is that more his, his personality? I mean, I think a little bit of both. I think the uh, roster we had last year, I mean, you could just let those guys up front and just go eat. And, uh, you know, that's just really his philosophy. He, he don't feel like uh, you need to blitz all the time to just get to the quarterback. So heard of those JG-isms. Do you have a favorite saying from your head coach? Uh, he got a bunch, man. It's, it's too hard to just pick out one. <laughs> he's just a real, you know, high-energy guy. You know, he loves talking, uh, talking trash to you. Yeah, it's just a, a fun environment to, you know, be a part of. How many guys have asked you what to expect from Gannon? Yeah, a lot of guys. I just told him, like, man, what you see is, like, what you get. He ain't putting on the front or anything for the cameras. Like, that's just him, real high energy. Never seen him in a bad mood. Uh, he's just, you know, ready to work. Uh, every day. Was he a guy that you knew was going to be a head coach one day? Yeah, for sure. Especially after the year we we had uh, last year in Philly, I knew he was going to be a head coach. What do you think about him? Um, you know, he's a real uh, uh, players coach. You know, uh, players can really relate to him. Um, you could talk to him about anything. If something going out there uh, scheme wise that you don't really like, you know, he's not just going to shut you out. Hey, man, don't don't talk to me about this. This must. He, he listens, you know what I mean? So I feel like that goes a long way uh, with players. And, uh, you know, he, he has a great scheme that he runs. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's a great leader. And, uh, you know, as players, you want to follow guys like that. Isaiah, would you say there's anything else beyond your familiarity with the coaching staff that brought you here that, that attracted you to this place? The weather. Yeah, the weather real good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the West Coast, too. I like the West Coast way better than the East Coast. So, yeah. Isaiah, we had uh, Coach Duda from Lackawanna on 
and he spoke very highly of you. Mm -hmm. um, have you talked to him since you uh, signed with the Cardinals? Yeah, I talk, I talk to him a lot because I got a nephew um, that's at the junior college that I was at, and he's kind of in the same you know position as me. But yeah, Coach Duda, that's my guy. Uh, I wouldn't be in the NFL if it wasn't for Coach uh, Duda. He gave me a second chance at life, so uh, I'm forever grateful for him. You know, I got him tickets to the Eagles games. Um, him and his wife, his uh, daughter. So yeah, that's that's family. He's a you know former Cardinal, Cardinal yeah. St. Louis Cardinal. But yeah. uh, what did he impart to you, or what did he teach you? at Lackawanna that you've kind of carried to today? Um, at Lackawanna, you know, it's like, uh, man, you really just had to go in there and work. Nothing was going to be given to you. You know, pretty much everybody up there uh, had terrible grades, so we couldn't go uh, Division One coming out of, you know, high school. So, uh, you know what I mean? When I was at Lackawanna, it was like the best – some of the best competition I ever been around. Like, so if you go out there and uh, you know you got Alabama, Penn State, West Virginia, all these big time coaches uh, watching your practice, and you going out there and uh, lay an egg, uh, there goes uh, an offer you could have got if you was out there, you know, producing that practice. So you know, every day, you know, it's gonna be a big, a multiple uh, big colleges there. So uh, you know, they really put the pressure on you. Like, you know, you got to perform, and uh, I feel like that helped me in the next level. Uh, level where it's like. I don't really let uh, pressure get to me because, you know, when I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I got all these Alabama coaches, Penn State coaches watching my every move that's trying to recruit me. All right. Well, that's uh, everything um, that we have. Uh, like I said, I told you it was going to be a lot of, um, lot of Cardinals, um, almost uh, an hour and ten minutes worth. Um, but uh, – like I said, I could have more, but I knew that it was going to be over an hour, and uh, um, I'm not going to do that. We'll uh, get into some more of that allegation stuff uh, maybe maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, we'll definitely talk about who the Cardinals picked or what they did if they didn't pick. Um, I, I mean, I don't see them you know, trading all the way out, the, out of the first round, although they need that many picks, but... Uh, I don't know if they're going to trade all the way out. Um, and that's why we wouldn't talk about um, what, we've, what we've done or what they've done, excuse me. Um, but we'll definitely do some some Cardinals uh, tomorrow and we'll get into that allegation stuff uh, then. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, as I said, the show. I appreciate you guys uh, listening as always. Um uh, some quieter days up ahead until the Suns play. Um, um, and, of course, uh, today, um, no Diamondbacks as they have the day off, but they will be back in action on, on Friday. Um, as far as everybody else, I just want to double-check. I know I had that off the top of my mind. Um, yep, uh, Suns until Sunday. Uh, uh, Phoenix Rising, or Sunday, excuse me, uh, Sun Sunday. Uh, rising on why why did I say Sun Sunday twice? Suns on Saturday. Uh, well, they'll be um, playing the weekend, I guess. I don't know just why why I was thinking that, but uh, um, and then Rising also Saturday, and then Cardinal um, Cardinals uh, Diamondbacks uh, tomorrow. So um, yeah, so we'll have plenty of time for uh, Cardinals. Anyway, uh, I'm confusing myself. I'm talking way way too much. Um, so, which is a shame because, well, this is a podcast, but anyway, 
I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com. If you want to get involved in the conversation, maybe you want to shoot me a message and say, hey, this is who I think the Cardinals uh, should 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 have drafted or should draft or or maybe uh, you know uh, for tomorrow's show you can tell me who uh, you know, your thoughts about what they did. Um, it's too late to tell me who they should because by the time you listen to it, um, they might have already drafted. But um, and then Facebook and Instagram, uh, Big Sky Sports Talk uh, at Big Sky Sports Talk on Facebook and Instagram. Goodness gracious. Um, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, uh, Audible, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, everywhere you are, we are. So listen and subscribe, hit that bell notification, and uh, get the word out about the show. I appreciate it. Thank you.